The next day after school, the four of us headed toward the gardens on a city bus. Tobias flew. He said he'd be there before we were, but he wasn't sure how close to us he actually could get. The gardens is this big amusement park that also includes a zoo. Only, they don't call it a zoo, they call it a wildlife park. My mom works there. Actually, she's the head of medical services, the head vet. I have a pass to get in any time I want. But the others all have to pay, which is kind of a drag because Marco never has any money. Ever since Marco's mom died, his dad has been kind of messed up. He just takes temporary jobs, and they're always broke. I guess I kind of think it's romantic, the way Marco's dad has never gotten over his wife dying. But on the other hand, it's like I had to learn when I started helping my dad with the animals. Sometimes death just happens, and all you can do is get over it the best you can. It's tough for Marco because he feels like he has to care for his dad, instead of having his dad take care of him. On the bus, I glanced over at Marco. He was looking out of the window, being kind of quiet. Hey Marco, I said. What? Is that a new haircut? It looks good. Yeah? He looked kind of surprised. He ran his fingers back through his long brown hair and kind of smiled. I did some homework on the bus. Math. Gag, yuck, and listen to my Walkman. When we got there, it turned out there was a special on tickets. Buy two and get the third ticket for a dollar. Marco had a dollar, fortunately, so we didn't have to go through any big scenes. We cruised through the area where all the rides were, heading toward the wildlife park. Jake shook his head sadly, looking up at the monster roller coaster. That used to be the coolest thing in the world to me, he said. But ever since I morphed a falcon, it just hasn't seemed like any big deal. I mean, you're going maybe 80 miles per hour on a steel track. When I was a falcon, I did like 200 miles an hour in mid-air. This morphing stuff does kind of change things, Marco agreed. I used to want to get all pumped up. Then I morphed into a gorilla and it was like, why bother lifting weights? I can just become a gorilla and bench press a truck. I don't feel that way. Rachel said. Being a cat made me more interested in gymnastics. I mean, as a cat, I was just so totally, totally in control and graceful. Ever since then, I've been trying to use that feeling. When I'm on the balance beam, I try to remember that cat confidence. And then you fall off just the same as always? I teased. Oh yeah, Rachel said with a laugh. She made little walking fingers in the air that then fell over. Boom. I slip right off, but I feel confident when I'm falling off. We reach the wildlife park entrance. The marine mammals are one of the first exhibits. There's a main building, then there are several outdoor tanks. We went straight for the largest outdoor tank. There were bleachers all around it on three sides where people sat for performances. A show had just ended and hundreds of people were leaving. The next show would be in a couple of hours. Good timing, Jake said. Not too big a crowd. It's a weekday afternoon, I said. It's never all that crowded on school days. We forced our way upstream against the rush of people. 
and reached the side of the tank. It's pretty big, like four or five big swimming pools. It's very blue, very clean looking. There's a low platform on one side where the trainers stand to communicate with the dolphins. So what's the difference between porpoises and dolphins? Marco asked. Both just fish, right? Sploosh! The placid surface of the water exploded a few feet from us. Water sprayed across me. Ooh! We all said as one. He flew straight out of the water like a sleek, pale gray torpedo. Eleven feet long from nose to tail. Four hundred pounds. He simply flew into the air, seemed to hang there, ten feet above the surface of the water, took a skeptical look at us, gave us his permanent wise guy grin, and slid back beneath the water so smoothly that there was barely a ripple. That is a dolphin, I said to Marco. Okay, I like that. That is excellent, Marco said. Did you see what he did? You know how really great athletes never look like they're trying? Like Michael Jordan? How everything they do is perfect, and you know they must have practiced for a million hours, but they always look like, oh, no big deal, of course I can fly through the air, nothing to it. That's a dolphin in the water, effortless, perfect, utterly in control. Fish swim through the water. Sharks swim, tuna swim, trout swim, even people swim. Dolphins don't just swim through the water, they own the water. The water is their toy. The water is one big trampoline, and the dolphins bounce around like kids having a good time. Just watching them makes you happy. It also makes you feel like you're just this clunky, awkward wind-up toy, jerky and stumbling and clumsy. Human beings may be the smartest creatures on Earth, but we sure are dorky compared to a lot of other species. He's trying to get me to give him some more fish. We all spun around. It was one of the dolphin trainers, a woman named Eileen. Oh, hi, Eileen, I said. She nodded toward the dolphin, who was just exploding out of the water again. This time, he turned a neat little somersault. Joey's the biggest con artist. He's always trying to get extra fish. He's amazing, I said. Yes, he is, Eileen agreed with a look of pride. I introduced Jake, Marco, and Rachel. We were looking at some dolphin information on the internet, I lied, so we thought we'd come out and see the real thing. Well, you know, we have six dolphins here. Joey, whom you've met, Ross, Moniker, Chandler, Phoebe, and Rachel. Hey, do you guys want to feed them a little? You start throwing fish in the water and they'll all come over. It won't upset their schedule? Nah. Just don't let Joey get it all. He's kind of pushy. Eileen left us with a nice big bucket of fish. That is some nasty looking fish, Marco commented. Once you morph into one of these dolphins, you won't think that, Rachel pointed out. Marco gave her a skeptical look. Do you realize that just a couple of days ago we were fish? Not that much different from these fish? He was right, but it wasn't something I wanted to think about. I've always been very involved with animals, but it is a whole different thing when you can become different animals. I took a fish by the tail and tossed it into the water. Just as Eileen suggested, the rest of the dolphins showed up very quickly. Wow, think these guys like to eat? Rachel asked. The dolphins put on quite a show. They obviously knew how to impress humans. It's just weird the way they grin at you, 
Marco commented. I mean, it's like they actually think something's funny. And they make eye contact, Jake pointed out. They look right at you, right in the eye. Most animals seem like they're looking past you, or just looking to see what you are. These guys look at you like maybe they recognize you from somewhere. Jake leaned over the edge of the tank to stroke one of the dolphins. Hi there, do I know you from somewhere? Jake's my name. The dolphin tossed his head back and forth like he was nodding yes, chattering in his high-pitched dolphin voice. Okay, now that was just weird, Rachel said. It was like he was answering Jake. Are you sure he wasn't? I asked. Dolphins are very intelligent. Not our kind of intelligence, but still, I guess they're one of the two or three smartest animals around. It'll be strange morphing something so intelligent, Rachel said. Yes, I agreed. Strange and wrong somehow. I felt a twisting in my stomach. How is doing this any different than what the Yurks do? Rachel looked surprised. Yurks take over humans, she said. Besides, they don't morph, they infest. We don't take over the actual animal. We just copy his DNA pattern, create a totally new animal, and then... And then control the new animal, I said. It's not the same, Rachel insisted, but she looked troubled. It's something I'll have to think about, I said. It's kind of been bothering me. Jake joined Rachel and me. We'd better do it. I nodded. Yes, we should, before we run out of fish to feed these guys. I leaned over the side of the tank and patted the head of the nearest dolphin. Her skin was rubbery, but not at all slimy. Just like a wet rubber ball. She grinned up at me, fixing me with one eye as she cocked her head to see me. I pushed away my doubts, closed my eyes, and concentrated on the dolphin. She became peaceful and calm, as animals always do during the acquiring process. May I? I asked her silently. But of course, she couldn't answer. Chapter 9 That night, I dreamed again of the voice under the sea, calling for help. Only this time, it sounded faint like a radio with the batteries growing weak. I wasn't sure if it was just a regular dream this time, a dream of a memory that might or might not be real. And I dreamed of the dolphin in her tank at the wildlife park, the one they had called Monica, although who knew if she had a true name of her own. How long had she been in that tank? How long since she had been free in the open sea? I called Jake. Hi Jake, are we going to the beach today like we planned? We were always very careful about anything we said over the telephone. Phone lines can be tapped. Besides, Tom, Jake's brother, could listen in on an extension and overhear something we didn't want him to hear. Actually, I was thinking the beach will be really crowded today, Jake said, sounding very casual. I was talking to Marco and he said maybe we should go down to the river instead. It was a good suggestion. We couldn't exactly morph on a beach full of people. I'll be there in two hours, okay? I have some chores to do. I ended up being a little late. They were all waiting for me. It was an area I had been to before with my dad. It's a little park near a bridge. A good place for fishing. About half a mile away, the river empties into the ocean. The river is lined with trees along most of its length. Here and there are homes and private docks, 
but the spot we'd chosen was hidden from the bridge and from any houses. Hi, Cassie, Jake said, smiling at me. Hi, everyone, I said. I spotted a movement in one of the branches. Hey up there, Tobias. How's it going? The same old thing. You know how it is. It's a hockey-mouse world out there. I laughed, pleased to hear that Tobias was learning to be at peace with the fact that, at least for a while, he was as much a hawk as he was a boy. I'm going to be the timekeeper, watching the deadly two-hour limit, Tobias said. I'm the only bird in the world with his own watch. I looked closer and saw a small digital timer strapped to one of his legs. Rachel put it on for me, he explained. I'll be over the water the whole time, so I figure it was fairly safe. No bird watchers around to see me and wonder, hmm, when did Redtail start wearing Timexes? Jake said, I figured we'd hide our clothes and then wade into the river a little way, then start morphing. Sounds good, Rachel said. Cassie, will you go first? Jake asked. I nodded. Sure. For some reason, everyone had decided that I am the best morpher. I think it's mostly silly. We can all morph fine. But the first time we morph a new animal, it's always kind of tense. You never know what it's going to be like. You never know how much the animal's instincts and mind will resist you. And this time, there was a new fear, at least for me. What sort of mind would I find? Would it be just the dolphin instincts? Or would I encounter a true dolphin mind? with thoughts and ideas of its own. I shed my overalls and kicked off my shoes, leaving just the leotard that I thought of as my morphing outfit. See, it's possible to morph some clothing along with you, but only something skin-tight. Anything bulky you try to morph just ends up in rags. And shoes? Forget shoes. We've all tried morphing shoes, and it never works. I stepped into the water. Cold, I reported. The current tugged at my ankles. I waded in a little farther, up to my waist. Then I focused on the dolphin that was now a part of me. The first change was my skin. It lightened from brown to pale gray. It was like rubber, tough but springy. That was good. I wanted to hang on to my legs as long as I could. I wanted to change as many other aspects as I could before I had to drop down into the water. I felt the odd crunching sound you get sometimes when bones are stretched or compressed. And right before my eyes, literally, my face bulged out and out and out still further. Oh man, that is definitely not attractive, Marco groaned from the shore. Not a good look for you, Cassie. Morphing usually isn't very pretty. In fact, it's the kind of thing that, if you didn't know it was going to be alright, would freak you out. I mean... I've watched while Rachel does her elephant morph, and I can tell you, it is the creepiest, scariest, most disgusting thing you'll ever want to see. Let alone watching people go from human to fish. Truly gross. I didn't have a mirror, but I could guess how gross I looked. I had this huge, long bottlenose sticking out of my otherwise normal face. My skin was gray rubber, and when I felt behind me with my rapidly shriveling hands, I could feel the triangular blade of a dorsal fin rising out of my spine. My arms were gone, replaced by two flat flippers, and I was now standing about ten feet tall, wobbling on my puny, human-sized legs. It was time to let the rest of the morph proceed. 
I surrendered my legs. Instantly, I fell face forward into the water. I looked down and saw my tail. I was complete. The water was too shallow, though, and I was barely afloat. I kicked my tail and scraped along the sandy bottom and finally surged out into deeper water. I waited for the moment when the dolphin brain would surface, full of instinct-driven need and hunger and fear, the way it had always been before. But it wasn't like that. It wasn't like a squirrel or even a horse. This mind was not filled with fear and need. This mind was... I know this sounds strange, but it was like a little kid. I tried to listen to it, to understand its needs and wants, to prepare myself for a sudden onslaught of crude, primitive animal demands. Flee, fight, eat. But that didn't happen. I felt hunger, yes, but not the screaming, obsessive need that Jake felt when he morphed a lizard, or when Rachel became a shrew. There was no fear. None. And fortunately, I did not find a true-thinking, conscious mind. I breathed a sigh of relief. Just, again, I know this sounds strange, but I just found this feeling like she wanted to play. Like a little kid who wants to play. I wanted to chase fish, catch them, and eat them. But that would be a game. I wanted to race across the surface of the sea, and that would be a game too. Cassie? I heard Tobias's thought speech in my head. Are you okay? Was I okay? I asked myself. Yes, Tobias, I'm happy. I feel like, like, I don't know, like, I want you to come and play with me. Play with you? Mmm, I don't think so, Cassie. Hawks don't do water. Come on, everyone, I called to the others. Come on, let's go. Let's swim into the ocean. I want to play. Let's go. Come on, you guys, let's go. I didn't like the river. I wanted the ocean. I could feel it close by. I could feel it in the way the current rushed me forward. I could feel it in some deep, hidden part of my dolphin being. The ocean. I wanted it. It was my place. It was where I should be. We swam in a school, the four of us, with Tobias flying overhead. We raced the river's current, and soon I could taste the salt. I could feel the salt water on my skin. It was as if I had opened the door to a toy store with every toy on earth, and I had all the time in the world to play. I saw my friends around me, swift pale shapes in the water, sleek gray torpedoes as they rose to breathe. I lived in both worlds, the sea and the air. I saw the blue-green of the ocean, the pale blue and white of the sky. I slipped back and forth through the brilliant barrier that separated them. Jake went zipping by, shooting up from beneath me to explode into the air. I heard the slap of his belly as he landed. It was a game! I dove deep down, down to where the sandy floor sloped toward depths even I could not explore. Then I powered my tail, steadied my flippers, and drove hard toward the surface. Above me I could see the shimmering silver border between water and air. Faster! Faster! I was a missile. Yaha! I shattered the barrier of the sea and hurled into the sky. I felt warm wind on my skin instead of cold water. I hung, poised in midair, almost floating above the surface of the water. Now the barrier was beneath me. I pointed my nose toward it and dropped from the sky. Ah! The water wrapped around me, welcoming me back. 
Is this cool or what? Marco laughed in my head. This is so cool, I answered. This is beyond cool, Rachel chimed in. Let's all do it at the same time, Jake said. The four of us dove deep. The ocean floor was still far below us, rippling sand dotted with rocks and clumps of seaweed. Near the ocean floor we leveled off, practically scraping our bellies on the bottom. And then, aiming at the silver barrier once again, we shot upward, bracing each other, ecstatic from the joy of our own body strength. We launched into the air like a well-trained team of acrobats. We flew, side by side, exhaling and refilling our lungs with warm air. Life was joy. Life was a game. I wanted to dance. I wanted to dance through the sea. So I did. There was nothing I could not do. There was nothing I could not ask of my body that it would not give me. Racing, spinning, turning, diving, skimming the surface, flying up into the sky. I wasn't just in the sea. I was the sea. Are you guys going to play all day? It was Tobias. You realize you've wasted 45 minutes already. Minutes? I laughed. Who cared about minutes? Look, guys, I know you think the dolphin mind hasn't affected you, but it has. You need to get a grip. You have a reason for being here. Reason? What was that? You're supposed to be looking for, well, something, Tobias said. Something unusual. An Andalite spaceship or something. Yes, he was right. He was definitely right. But wouldn't it be fun? Would it be a game? Find the spaceship. Cool. Rachel said. I bet I can find it first. No way! Jake said instantly. I'll find it. Where is it? Let's go! Marco said. Good grief! Tobias said. You're like a bunch of five-year-olds. But I was too distracted to care. Hey, can you guys do this? I concentrated and suddenly, from somewhere in my forehead, came a series of loud, very rapid clicks, almost like loud static. Whoa, what was that? Then, to my total surprise, I heard something in those clicks. It was weird. It was kind of like hearing, only not. The clicking noise had hit something, far off in deeper water. I sort of felt the sound as they came back to me, like scattered echoes. There was a universe of information in that echo. Some of that information made me uneasy. You guys? I said. I know this sounds crazy, but I feel like there's something out there. Something... I don't know, but I don't like it. The others immediately began firing off the clicking noise that is the dolphin's underwater radar. It's called echolocation. Yeah, Marco said. Now I see it. I mean, I don't see it, but you know what I mean. I searched in my dolphin mind, deep down in the places where instinct had been hidden beneath layers of intelligence. Then a picture just popped into my consciousness. I know, I cried as if I had just won a contest. It's a shark. Suddenly, we weren't playing anymore. The others had all found the same instinct in themselves. The echolocation indicated that there was a large shark nearby. And we knew one thing for sure. We didn't like sharks. Hey Phantomorphs, 
Thanks for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs Auditory Experience. It's your host, Daniel, and that's all I really got. Uh, it's actually been kind of a tough week for me, so I managed to get this out, though, because these two chapters were real long, so I didn't have to do too much like extra editing with multiple chapter whatever, you know. You get it. Um, but as is, definitely not going to be able to get a chapter out for thanksgiving so go enjoy turkey instead of this podcast and we'll be back on schedule a week after if things go according to plan i might miss the week after thanksgiving but i will try my very best to not do that if you like this and you want to hear more visit audiomorphs.podbean.com or search us up on itunes and while you're over there give us a, a rating and a review if you have questions or comments or thoughts or feelings, etc. that you would like to share with me, you can reach me at audiomorphscast.tumblr.com or audiomorphscast at gmail.com. That is all I have for you this week, and I will not see you next week, so have a happy Thanksgiving. Even though that holiday is nonsense, you know, just go eat some food, enjoy your time off. My name is Daniel, and I know one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight. <laughs>